All right, sound is speeding. We are recording. Cool. All right, let's begin. Either they don't know, don't show, or don't care about what's going on in the hood. y'all welcome back to adventures in black cinema give yourself a round of applause give me a round of applause this is our fifth episode we have made it somewhere <laughs> my name is desmond thorne and i will be your host and your film aficionado for the day now i must say that I am usually not what you would call a person who cooks at home. Being a person who lives in New York, I do a lot of takeout, do a lot of delivery. I'm always on the go. And I have every time. I don't have the means to always make, do like a meal prep and make these big meals and shit. Like I know it's helpful, but it's tough to do when you're just so busy. But I will say, one of the most positive things about quarantine is that like the domesticity level for me, Desmond W. Thorne, has gone up to 9,000. Let me tell y'all, about half an hour ago, I made a rub for a Cornish hen. Salt, pepper, garlic powder, paprika, basil, oregano, and the secret ingredient for all poultry, specifically chicken and hens. Cinnamon. It's fucking delicious. Don't knock it till you try it. Add some olive oil and rub the Cornish hen on the outside and on the inside. And I stuck it in the slow cooker on high for three hours. So in a couple hours from now, I will be munching on some homemade Cornish hen. And it's crazy. That's just something I would not have ever done before in my life before this. And, you know, even with all these skills I've acquired, I still can't get a man. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say when you put something in a slow cooker, cook it slow and low, which I do for many things, including like oatmeal and such. But for the meats, I like to do slow and high. And speaking of slow and high, this week's episode is called Adventures in Summer and Smoke. And today we will be getting into the nitty gritty of one of my favorite black comedies of all time, the film titled Friday. But first, let's go into a new segment that I call Decease and Desist. White folks don't bullshit, he's dead, fuck him, let's move on. We gotta have four days with this dead motherfucker, four days! So, in Decease and Desist, we will be talking about something that has popped up in the media that I would like to just kill it with a skillet 
You know, in New York, we would say, dead it. I think it's something that should just go away that we should just like murk on the spot. So I don't know if y'all have seen an article that was kind of going around, around the same time that the protest started. There was an article going around about a film that was uh, coming out in the future called Cracker. And this film, Cracker, the basic synopsis is that, you know, a white supremacist gets transported to some alternate past where black people are the slave owners and white people are the slaves. Now, on first thought, this may sound like a fun and maybe almost like cathartic idea to explore in a film, but, 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 this is when we have to put on our thinking critically caps and we have to really think about what a film like this is saying. I think that we would not really ever be in the same position because historically and also currently, for the most part, Black people have never been as thirsty for another culture and for someone else's shit like white people have been historically. I mean, you look at the number of countries that Europe has conquered over time, the number of countries that the United States has fucked with via white people in power, and it's just way surpasses anything that has ever happened in Africa. And even back then, we were never fiending for anyone else's shit. We were not raping and pillaging people on other continents. We were so good with what we had. There was some inter-country dealings that happened in Africa. There was some form of slavery. It was not the same by any means. So to even compare the two is truly a white person's fantasy. Uh, because it would comfort a white person to know that if the roles were reversed, that we would treat them as poorly and we would do the same fucking terrible things to them. And I honestly just really don't think so. Um, I just don't think we're as horrible as white people are in general. And in terms of what I was saying back when we first played the Who's Invited game with the cookout with uh, black films that are directed by white people, this film is directed by a white person. I think a lot of people shared this article thinking that this was a black person's film and again, kind of going off that catharsis of a kind of what if, but no, this is a white man's fantasy. Okay, this is why we have to think critically about these films that are directed by white people. Similar to Django Unchained, you look at that movie, knowing that Quentin Tarantino directed it, that is just a white person's fantasy up and down from start to finish. So, I mean, you can like this shit all you want. You can go see it, but you have to think critically about these things. This director, I looked up his filmography. It's very questionable. It includes a film called The Peach Panther. I don't know, y'all. I guess we'll see when it comes out, but I don't have high hopes. And if it were up to me, the shit wouldn't happen. Oh, crap. You are here for one reason, one reason only. Alright y'all, it's time to get into the nitty gritty of Friday. So Friday is another film that was released in 1995. 
1995 was such a fucking powerful year. I mean, we've already, in these five episodes, covered three movies from 1995. Waiting to Exhale, Higher Learning, and this film we have today. This film was directed by F. Gary Gray. This is his directorial debut, and he went on to direct some amazing films, such as Set It Off, which we will definitely do on this show one day, The Negotiator, Straight out of Compton. He also did The Italian Job. I mean, he has a pretty fucking good filmography. And he started out doing music videos. So that's where him and Ice Cube met. Uh, he did do a video for Ice Cube in the past. And this film is just a really strong comedy with a screenplay written by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh. This is not the first uh, screenplay that Ice Cube wrote, but it is the first screenplay that Ice Cube got produced. And it's about the course of one Friday where Craig, played by Ice Cube, hangs out with his friend Smokey, played marvelously by Chris Tucker, who is a pot dealer and owes the neighborhood kingpin Big Worm $200 before the end of the day are both Smokey and Craig will be killed. Add in some pot-smoking hijinks, funny characters from the neighborhood, including the menacing Debo, the crackhead Ezel, Craig's hilarious family, which includes in the cast John Witherspoon and Regina King, and the now famous Felicia. And you now get one of the best comedies from the 90s with a great screenplay, like I said, by Ice Cube and DJ Pooh, who is also in the film. So... There's so much to really enjoy about this film. Um, it really does bring me back to a special time in my life, that being summertime in the 90s. There really was nothing like it. And if you missed out on that, I am so sorry. There should be some sort of time machine just for you so you can go back and experience it because it was fucking lit. I mean, the vibe. The culture, the music, I'll be there. the movies, Today we celebrate our independence the day. fashion. Oh, get off of me! Oh, as if. Just everything about it, and again, this was a time when there weren't cell phones, computers weren't that popping. Like, if you had internet. This was the time where you would type in a web page in your browser, you know, click go, and then cook dinner. And maybe by the time that you were done eating that dinner that you cooked, that website would be up. We're talking the dial-up days. So everybody was outside. Everyone was like chilling. Everyone was doing fun shit. And it didn't take you going so far from home to have an adventure. And you really see that in this movie. Ice Cube and DJ Pooh, after so many movies that had come out uh, about Compton that were very violent and very gang-based, uh, gang-related, which is a very real thing in Compton at the time. I mean, no one on set of this movie could wear red because they were shooting in a Crip neighborhood. At the same time, Ice Cube and DJ Pooh, having grown up in Compton, uh, as well as F. Gary Gray, who's the director, they wanted to create something that showed how much fun that they also had living in that neighborhood in their childhood and in their teenage years. 
And part of the reason why F. Gary Gray was uh, hired was because Ice Cube and DJ Pooh wanted someone who just got it. They didn't want to have to explain so much. So the vibe is just so good and fun and real there. And you also still do get a sense of danger. I mean, these dudes' lives are still very much the the stakes that are happening in the film. There is definitely a shootout that happens in the movie, but mostly what we're focusing on here is the neighborhood. And, um, you know, I grew up in a very, very different kind of neighborhood. The neighborhood that I grew up in, in New Jersey, in South Orange, was called the Montrose Historic District. This was a neighborhood where there's lots of, you know, big Victorian homes. Everyone has lots of property. The streets are very quiet. So, like, we was playing up in the streets. We had dope block parties every year where we got the streets blocked off. Naughty by Nature lived down the street and around the block, so they would have parties a lot. It's a shame that I moved out of that neighborhood before I was old enough to go to their parties because, you know, everyone was pretty much invited. You could just kind of go and check it out. And um, though my neighborhood was so different from the neighborhood that is presented in Friday, the feeling is still so similar. There is very much a sense of community and a close-knit tightness that I don't think you really get as much anymore. I think because there was a lack of technology and a lack of social media and all this other shit, neighborhoods were just fucking cool. Like, in Friday, you see the woman who waters her lawn that has no grass in it (laughs) and, like, a skimpy outfit. And, of course, the guys are all, like, oogling over her. And uh, Ice Cube's mom is, you know, talking shit about her behind her back. Hi, Miss Parker. Hi, boy. We gonna let me fuck, Miss Parker. What'd you say, honey? Huh? Nothing. I mean... You have the uh, neighborhood preacher played by Bernie Mac. You, of course, have Debo, who's the neighborhood bully. I mean, there's always someone that you're not trying to fuck with in the neighborhood. Even in the Montrose Historic Park District, there were still kids that you didn't want to fuck with. Um, I remember this one kid named Reggie on our block, um used to just fuck with me all the time. So one day I just threw a fucking football at him or something and no one was expecting the little gay kid to do that. But I fucking did that. If you piss me off enough, there will be retaliation. I I am am a Scorpio, Scorpio. you know? (laughs) I'm not super soft. I don't play that. So, you know... That was such a special thing about summer in the 90s as well. Just this this tightness that we all had. And you can still find that in some neighborhoods, like for sure. But I think largely, I just don't see it that much anymore. Um, I think also a couple of neighbor neighbor characters that I want to talk about from Friday are Izelle, who, as I said, is the crackhead, provides a lot of comedy in this movie. Um, you know, always trying to get a couple dollars here and there, etc. And Miss Felicia. 
Felicia has become famous because, of course, of the line that Ice Cube says, by Felicia, which was turned into a meme. By Felicia. And has now become famous and just like so much culture. Of course, white people made it tired. Like you do, you tend to run shit into the ground, which is why we can't say bling anymore. And why, again, I'm just, y'all made me tired of Lizzo and I really, I really liked her. Um... But yes, Felicia, there is a deleted scene uh, that's not in the movie, of course, uh, that we saw in a special 420 screening back in the day in New York, um, where she comes to Ice Cube's family's house and asks to borrow the microwave. And Ice Cube is like, sure, sure, sure. Like, you can, you're like, what do you want to warm up in the microwave? It's fine. You know, you come asking for shit all the time, but like, this is a request that I can fulfill for you. Give me what you want to warm up and I'll put it in the microwave. And she says, no, I was actually hoping I could like borrow the entire microwave and take it with me and warm up some chicken. And he's like, no, fuck no, of course. And of course there is Felicia's sister, played by Nia Long, who is just, Gorgeous, beautiful, talented. I loves me some Nia Long. I think everyone loves Nia Long. She can do no wrong. Nia Long can do no wrong. Nia Long. Nia Long can do no wrong. Nia Long. Um, yeah, she's wonderful in this and plays a love interest for Ice Cube. And I must talk about the family. I think... Family is also something that brings me back to summer in the 90s. Um, You know, we were all living together, of course, my brother and I being in elementary and middle school and such in the 90s. Um, You know, our parents both worked, but we spent a lot of time with them. And we also spent a lot of time with our extended family in Cleveland because we would go there every other summer and sometimes they would come visit us. And we're talking about like, you know, 10 motherfuckers coming to visit us in one house, which was possible because of where we lived. It was really just such a dope and wonderful time. Um, And our family always really encouraged us to keep up with our learning during the summer. It was something that I had a big grudge with at the time because it's summertime. You just want to play and do shit. And when your friend says you want to come over and play laser tag, that's all you want to do. But, you know, we were given workbooks by our mom and also by our Grammy R.I.P., Um, And also the libraries had a dope like book club where you could sign up and get prizes based on how much you read. It was just like lit. So the family element in uh, Friday is a bit different, but still the family presence there is so wonderful. And uh, John Witherspoon, so fucking funny. This opening montage in the movie where you see John Witherspoon and the the mother, of course, so good. And Regina King sleeping uh, with um, her her hand, uh, her head on her hand, so as to not get her weave on the pillow, is just. So fucking funny. They're all so excellent. And I love that even though they all give Craig shit, they do come and have his back at the end when Craig does have a confrontation with Debo. So, man, just... 
there was just a, a close knit tightness that was happening that I missed so much. I'm sure whatever decade that you grew up in your formative years, you know, has special memories and special moments for you. And for me, that was the 90s. And this really brings me back there, which is another reason why it holds such a special place in my heart. And honestly, to be perfectly honest, I'm not even sure if this movie takes place in summertime because, and only because, um, there is a line where Nia Long is looking for Regina King because they're friends. And uh, she's asking Ice Cube, you know, where's your sister? And he says that she's at school. It could still be summer, but they're also in LA and it kind of just looks the same in LA all the time. You can only really tell it's winter in LA when there's Christmas decorations up. So it's hard to tell, but regardless, the vibe of summer is very present here. Uh, so I believe I mentioned that there was a 420 screening of this film that I went to in the past. This was a few years ago when Amanda and I were doing the show Funny Style for BET Digital. Uh, so me and Amanda went with uh, our producers, our whole team of that show, and they had some deleted scenes in there. And of course, this is very much a 420 pot smoking movie. I mean, of course you have Smokey being a drug dealer himself and Chris Tucker, man, Chris Tucker is so fucking good in this movie. This is just an iconic role that he plays and in pretty much almost every scene he is smoking. Uh, and I would definitely encourage uh, anyone who has not seen this movie with a full audience, a packed house of black folk, I encourage you to do that because it is so much fun. It is a such a fun experience. It's a fun experience to watch this movie on your own or with fam and friends and everything, but with a full audience, like saying the lines and just, oh, having a good time. It's an amazing, amazing time. So like I said, Chris Tucker is smoking in pretty much this entire movie. And as I've gotten older, summers and smoking have really gone hand in hand. I mean, the minute it's over 70 degrees, shit, the minute it's over 60 degrees, I'm like, it's spliff season, y'all. Time to just go out and smoke with the homies and just chill. And uh, a lot of times when I was older, when I was in college, uh, a lot of what I was doing in the summer was theater. So there's a lot of intense rehearsals, lots of shows, texts, all this stuff. Um, if you haven't done theater, you probably don't know how rigorous it is, but it is rigorous, um, especially when that's all you're doing and breathing all day, every day for the entire summer. So me and a couple friends one summer, we would have what was called a meeting of the minds. Um, so this was what we would do to kind of blow off some steam. Rehearsals can be tough. Directors can be tough to work with, especially when you're growing up and when you're learning. It's a tough experience. So we'd blow off some steam and we would hotbox in uh, a friend of mine's car. Again, there's nothing like these memories that I've had. Just great, 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 amazing times. Um, so there was a time in my life around this time period when we would have our meetings of the mind um, that I was not smoking correctly. What? I wasn't a cigarette smoker, so I was not familiar with like the 
breathe in with your lungs aspect of it. You know, I did have asthma, so I probably should have been more familiar with this using an inhaler, but I wasn't. So I think that there was a certain amount of time where I was smoking and I wasn't really, I wasn't really getting the point of it. I really wasn't getting high. I just wasn't feeling what I felt I was supposed to be feeling. So there was one time um, when a friend of mine was kind of noticing this and they were like, hey, so are you sure that you're smoking right? Like, are you doing this correctly? And I was taught the lesson to breathe in with your lungs so that you can feel it in your lungs. Hold for a bit as long as you can and then exhale. So once I became accustomed to that, I was part of the gang. I was part of the group. And Craig, played by Ice Cube, also has a similar moment in this movie. So everyone knows the famous one of Chris Tucker's many famous lines in this film is, see now, I know you don't smoke. I know you don't get into that shit. But it's Friday. Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. So, you know, he does eventually get Craig, who has never smoked before, and who says he doesn't do that shit, to smoke. And the first time watching him go through his first time smoking is so funny because they do really capture what it feels like. And it is funny watching Ice Cube pretend that he hasn't smoked before. It is hilarious because we all know, we all, we all know that Ice Cube was probably quite familiar with smoking as he should have been because it's a nice and fun thing to do. Uh, so I didn't go too much into the plot, etc. in this one because if you haven't seen this movie, you should fucking see it. It is a classic. And if you have seen the movie, you know you just want to pop in that DVD or that VHS again and just have a good time. I feel like I don't have to harp too much on the things that happen in this movie per se. This is just a classic comedy. It's so much fun. You know, it's not perfect, um, but the screenplay is so, so good, especially for a first produced screenplay coming from Ice Cube. The performances are so good. We should also know that we get some quick cameos in here from Michael Clark Duncan and Megan Good. Uh, everyone in this cast is fucking excellent. Uh, it makes me wonder also where Chris Tucker has gone. We got an excellent performance from him in this and Fifth Element most notably. Uh, I just hope he's okay. He was in Silver Linings Playbook, but like outside of Bradley Cooper, fuck that movie. Um, and you know, the two sequels to this movie were definitely trashed by the critics when they came out. But in retrospect, I, I think they're actually not terrible. Uh, especially next Friday. You know, Friday after next is like, uh, it's fine. I'll watch it. Uh, if it comes on TV, if it's on like VH1, who's been showing a lot of black movies recently, or BET or something like that, you know, I'll watch a few minutes of it. But, um, check those out too. They're fun. Chris Tucker is not in them. He is, uh, replaced by, um, Ice Cube's cousin. And, um, 
Ice Cube's character, Craig, his mother and father are still in the other two, but mm, some of the characters kind of come in and out, but, you know, there's no Regina King anymore. Uh, Nia Long isn't in them, I believe, to my memory. And they are working on a fourth movie called Last Friday. John Witherspoon was supposed to be in it, but he has now since passed. Apparently, New Line has just been holding them up or whatever company they're working on distributing it with now. They've been holding it up for a while. Now it's predicted to maybe come out in 2022. And uh, what's really exciting about it to me is that it is a collaboration between Ice Cube and DJ Pooh yet again. DJ Pooh was not a collaborator on the second or third movies, which are called Next Friday and Friday After Next. So I'm excited to see them collab again. And it's rumored that Chris Tucker may be in this one. So... I'm really excited to see, and I hopefully, I really, really hope that it does come out and that it does get finished. Uh, if you haven't seen Friday yet, rent it on Amazon, rent it on iTunes, you know, get it from your cousin. It is so good. Check it out. All my life I had to fight. So this week's you Better Act Award goes to... Uzo Aduba in Mrs. America. Again, we are talking about a limited series, but as I've said before, the limited series space is very special because they are kind of approached like films, like elongated films. So, you know... We will be talking about TV sometimes on this show, too. I think it's very important to lift up that aspect of performance as well, and sometimes stage as well. So this is a limited series about the fight for the Equal Rights Amendment in the 70s. And this is such an important portrayal by Uzo of Shirley Chisholm, who was the first Black woman elected to Congress as she was running for president as the first Black female candidate. It is so important to see her in this context, especially right now, fighting for her rights as a woman and as a Black person. It's incredible and very sad and very relevant to see that the Black caucus does not get behind her because they think that she's fighting more for women's rights than Black rights. And it's like, how Black do I have to be? I'm a Black person. I just received a death threat that said, die, nigger. So it's like, you know, what do I have to do? Again, we see this theme of women just being questioned, Black women being questioned. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. And Uzo just gives so much heart and humanity to one of the most wonderful women that has ever lived on this planet, Miss Shirley Chisholm. Uh, The third episode of this limited series is just about Shirley. If you want to watch just one episode, you can just watch that episode. Uh, It breaks my heart, too, because even the feminists that she's working with, the white feminists that she's working with, choose to not go with her either in the long run because they're looking for a white male candidate that will, you know, push their issues forward. To be stuck in that place of just like, why doesn't anyone want to support me and want to go for me more And I don't want to just be like a statement candidate or a statement nominee. Like, I really want to go for this. 
It is just like, I want to watch that shit again right now. It's amazing. And Uzo is always fucking incredible. I hope she picks up another Emmy for this. There's also... Uh, uh, an intersectionality about this miniseries that is wonderful. Uh, I just got to the part where they do start the National Black Feminist Organization. Uh, Nisi Nash is in this uh, limited series. Norm Lewis is in there. Jay Ellis is in there. There is a a really nice Black presence in this. And they do talk a lot about Black issues because how can you talk about this time period and leave that shit out? You can't. Uh, so I encourage y'all to watch this. Mrs. America, it is now streaming on Hulu and will be streaming on Hulu forever because it is an FX on Hulu production. So some food for thought as we end this week's episode. What are some of your favorite summer memories from back in the day? I would love if they were specifically 90s, but I know some of y'all didn't grow up in that time. Just let me know what some of your favorite times were, what some of your favorite mems were, and you can comment on our Instagram at Adventures in Black Cinema. Hit us up on SFB Society. Become a member if you haven't yet. Download the app. So next week, we will be covering our first queer film as well as our first African film. And this film is called Rafiki. It was released uh, last year officially in theaters, and I'm so excited to dig into it. I'm so excited that I got the opportunity to see it in theaters. You can stream it now for free on Amazon Prime and Canopy, so you can be part of the discussion. Uh, I would like to thank, per usual, our audio engineer, Matt Mozzarella, our producer, Angie, and our executive producer, Amanda Seals. See y'all next week. You heard. It's over. Great.